They were seeking until they found him. And we've all, been in, we've all probably been on a journey, haven't we, in our lives to find Jesus. Um, we've all been on a journey to find how, how, who Jesus really is. And these men are also on a journey, aren't they? A journey from the east. A journey that was possibly eight to 900 miles, which is a long way, isn't it? Obviously. So verse 1 says that the men were from the east. And we can learn about eastern people um, in, in Isaiah. Uh, in the second book of Isaiah, it says, for in the second chapter of Isaiah, for they are, uh, the eastern people are filled with superstitions from the east. They practice divination and embrace pagan customs. So that means that they, they were uh, fortune tellers. They would um, foretell the future. Um, in, in some verses, it says they were soothsayers. They tried to discover secret things and foretell the future by looking at the sky, by looking at the stars, and by looking at the clouds. So people from the east probably would have followed pagan customs, and they were more, more likely would have worshipped other gods. But probably not the wise men, because they were wise men, weren't they? So they probably would have worshipped the true God. The word translated wise men, or magi, refers to a group of scholars who studied the stars. Their title connects them with magic, but they were probably more like astrologers. They were indeed wise, maybe because they were intelligent people and knowledgeable people, so they were own, they, um, but they weren't only wise because they were clever. Although they were clever, um, they were also looking for Jesus. They are now wise because they are looking for Jesus. Matthew Henry, one of the commentaries, says, they complete their learning when they learn Christ. And that's quite a, a, a good saying, isn't it? All the knowledge in the world isn't important compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They complete their learning when they learn Christ. So it's wise to look for Jesus, isn't it? And to find out who he actually is. And it's amazing that God reveals himself to them. Almost like a light was quite literally turned on. There was a bright star in the sky. God gave them a, sec a special sign, a, a miraculous sign, a star that announced the birth of the king. When we look at the Christmas story around the birth of Jesus, we remember that God gave the shepherds an angel to announce the birth of Jesus. And now we see here that, that God has given the wise men a star to announce the birth of Jesus. It was God's way of speaking to them, and it shows the different ways in which God speaks to people. God knows where to find us. He spoke to the shepherds in the fields, and he spoke to the wise men through the skies. God knows how to speak to us. I met a guy, um, I don't know, maybe 12 months ago at a, a, a conference up in the north, and he shared, me his he shared his testimony with me. He shared how he came to Jesus Christ. And he said it was through a Katy Perry song. Um, so Katy Perry is a very famous singer. And one of her songs, you might remember from a few years ago, was Firework. Um, and in the word there, it says, Do you ever feel like a plastic bag blowing through the wind, feeling useless? And it, these words, he was, drive, he was saying these words spoke to him. He was driving home. He was feeling fed up. And these words spoke to him. And he said he felt like a plastic bag. He felt like he was useless. 
and he didn't know really what to do. And he'd obviously been on a journey, he was obviously searching for Jesus himself, and he actually went home that very day and gave his life to Jesus. God used that song to speak to him. And it's amazing, isn't it, how, how God uses different things and different people to speak to others. I wonder if any of us here has had an experience like that. It's quite, a, quite an amazing experience. So these wise men, they interpreted this star as a sign from God, and this sign spoke to their minds. It must have been an amazing light. It must have been something different, which they hadn't seen before. Because obviously, like I've said, they were star watchers, so they must have seen thousands of stars before. So it's amazing they knew that this was a sign from God. We obviously know that they were wise men, and they more than likely would have known the promises from God from the Old Testament that we read. Um, Daniel chapter 9 talks a lot about um, prophecies, about um, when, when the birth of Jesus was going to happen. It includes a, a prophecy which gives us a timeline for the birth of Messiah in Daniel chapter 9. I haven't got time to go into it, but it's quite interesting the way that, um, that he, 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 he promises the, the birth of a saviour. And also it says in Numbers 24, it mentions about a star which will be a sign. So there's a promise and a, a, the, the truth, the prophecy that's coming through from the Old Testament. And the star which led them, the, the star which led the wise men to Jerusalem, as it says in verse 1. And I wondered, why, does it, why, why did it lead them to Jerusalem? It's a bit of a weird place. Maybe God wanted to use them to make Herod aware that the king has been born. Because it says that in, in verse 3 that he didn't, know, he didn't know. It says when Herod heard this news, he was troubled. So Herod didn't even know. So maybe God was using the wise men to make Herod aware that the, that the, that the Messiah had been born. So the king of the Jews was to be born, so they would assume he was going to be born in Jerusalem. It's only where Herod was. And what's interesting to point out is that nobody really knew about the birth of Jesus. When we look at the reception of Jesus by Jerusalem, nobody seemed to know about it. The Son of God came into the world and hardly anyone took any notice. And you'd expect a lot more recognition, wouldn't you? With such an important birth, you'd expect more of a recognition. When you look at uh, nowadays when there's a, someone important born or someone um, famous is born, you, you find it difficult to not find out about it, don't you? Yeah. Um, I did a little Google search and it said when William and Kate had their first child, people were desperate to see it. Uh, and they were queuing up. There was hundreds of people queuing up, media and, and people were queuing up outside trying to find out what the baby looked like. So we notice how quietly Jesus came into the world. The king is born and Herod and the other people didn't even know about it. Here the saviour of the world is born and barely anyone knew. Here he is, Jesus, denying himself, despoiling himself, coming away from all the attractiveness of heaven for the sake for the sins of the world. Once he was rich, but for our sakes, he became poor. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That you, through his poverty, we might become rich. So Jerusalem would have had all the possible advantages over any other place in the world for knowing when Jesus Christ would come. His birth was foretold in the Old Testament. And Jerusalem had chief priests who knew all these things. They were knowledgeable people. Yet when he did come, people of Jerusalem knew nothing about it. They were first told of the fact of this king being born by some strangers who had come from the Far East to seek him. And not only did they know nothing about it till they were told, but when they were told, they were troubled. It says so in verse 3. When Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. There was indifference where there should have been eagerness to know him. They were troubled where they should have looked for joy. And it's the same when we go out on the doors or when we go out into town. A, f- a few weeks ago, I was out in, uh, knocking on the doors, um, and this lady, she said she was a Christian, and she said that we shouldn't be bothering her with the, with, with the gospel. We should be doing something useful, like collecting money for charities. And I was an upsmacked. Here we are telling people about the good news about Jesus Christ. And this lady who said she was a Christian didn't want to hear. And it's the same here in this verse, isn't it? That people were troubled when they heard about the birth of Jesus. In verse 4 it says, The king gathered the chief priests. So the chief priests were obviously knowledgeable people because it was their job. They were wise and they were knowledgeable people. And it says so in Malachi chapter 2. It tells us about the chief priests. It says, For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from their mouth for they are the messengers of the law of hosts. So we know that the chief priests were knowledgeable people and they would know where he was born. But you notice the wise men, they went to find the king. They didn't wait for a while. They, they, they knew undoubtedly that he had been born. They didn't wait till someone came and told them. Um, you know, the news would have got around eventually. But they were desperate. They, they were impatient. And they went to go and find him straight away. Because there's an importance, isn't there? It is important to find Jesus before it's too late, isn't it? Lots of people say that they will wait, uh, wait till they see him. But none of us are, are promised um, uh, tomorrow, are we? You know, none of us know when he's going to return. So it's important that we are right with God before it's too late. They didn't care. The, the, the wise men didn't care how far they had to travel or how much it would cost them. Um, they just had this desire to go and see him. And we should have that same desire, shouldn't we? Not just a desire to know him, but also a desire to help other people know him too. The wise men went, and we should also go as well. We should go out to find, go and find out more about him, but also we should go and tell us about him. So the wise men went on their way. And you notice that nobody went with them. It doesn't say that anyone went with them from Jerusalem. And I thought that was a bit strange. It was just the wise men that went. 
Even though they were on their own, they weren't discouraged. They still went to find him. Maybe we can relate to that in our own lives. Maybe we're the only Christian in the family or in our group of friends. But it just points out how important it is that we keep on going. And we shouldn't be put off what other people say or what other people are doing. But we should continue to follow Jesus and seek to find him all the days of our lives. Whatever others are doing, we must continue to seek and serve him, even if we are on our own. Now, if you notice that the wise men didn't ask if he had been born, they went straight to the question of where he has been born. They were sure, they were certain that he had been born. And you can see how ignorant people were um, that he had been born. It says that all, as I've already said, all of Jerusalem were troubled and so was Herod. They were ignorant, just like people are today. It's sad to see people not wanting to know about him. But also people who come along to churches, they, they attend church services and they don't want to know any more about him. They think that just coming along to church is enough, but we know it isn't enough, is it? We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. When I go out into town, giving, offering out leaflets, people shake their heads and they say, no, why would I want anything to do about that? And I often tell people, why don't you want to know about a message of love and forgiveness? But people don't want to know. So the chief priests told them the king was to be born in Bethlehem. So they went to Bethlehem and they worshipped him. Verse 11 says they fell and they worshipped him. They found their saviour. The king wanted to be the saviour of the world. They didn't fall on their knees when they met King Herod. Yet here they are on their knees worshipping this young child. It must have been really strange, mustn't it, to be bowing in front of a child. But they knew who he was. He is the saviour of the world. It shows that all who find Christ Jesus worship him and adore him, just like these wise men did. I'm reminded of the song, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Well, it is really, isn't it, for Christians, if you're, if you're born again Christian, if you, if you worship Jesus, we worship Jesus every day, don't we? We think about his birth regularly, and we think about what he's done for us on the cross regularly. Just like Christmas every day. We don't use one day a year to celebrate Jesus. We celebrate him every single day. So when we look at Herod, in verse 3 it says that Herod was troubled. And later on in the chapter we read he wanted to destroy the recently born king. And I wonder why was Herod so troubled? Why was Herod and Jerusalem troubled? We know that Jesus is the light of the world, don't we? So maybe people don't want to know about him because he will shine a light on the things we've done wrong. It says in verse 8 that he wasn't going to worship him, um, but uh, it says that he wanted to destroy him in verse 13. Herod wanted to destroy the newborn king. And there's Herods of this world today, don't, isn't there, that still try and plot against him. People don't want to know him. People use his name in vain. But we know that God will have the last say one day. Two guys um, they, I was talking to in, in Oakhampton, they said that they didn't believe in Jesus. They said, if he stood here before me, 
then I would believe him. But we replied to him and said, look what happened to him over just over 2,000 years ago. He was stood in front of people and people still didn't believe him and they crucified him. So it doesn't matter sometimes what we do or what we say. Some people still choose to ignore who he is. In verse 7, Herod asked the wise men secretly what time the star had appeared so he could set into, mo- set into motion his nasty plan. He didn't, want to know, he didn't want people to know that he was scared or that he was jealous. So then he covers his tracks by lying and saying he would come and worship him also. Herod was pretending that he would go and worship him. And it's important that we don't pretend to worship Jesus, isn't it? We should worship him from our hearts because we know that God looks at our hearts and we can't fool God. So we know that Herod ordered all the boys under the age of two to be killed. So it's not surprising that he wasn't a very popular man. Um, recently at a county's conference we were at, um, we were blessed to have a, a really good, knowledgeable speaker, uh, Chris Sinkinson, you may have heard of him. He's a Moreland's tutor. And he's a very knowledgeable man about the Bible. And something that he said was that um, Herod was hated so much, after he died, his bones were left on the street so that the dogs would take them off and eat them up. I thought that was quite an interesting thing. That's how much he was hated. And you can understand why he was hated, can't you? Because he ordered all the children on the two to be killed. And when we look at the gifts that the wise men brought, it's normal, isn't it, to bring gifts to a newborn baby. Maybe we would have brought um, a teether or some clothes or some nappies or something for the mum. But these wise men brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. They were probably, probably the most expensive gifts of their country. We don't need to bring gifts to Jesus, do we? We must bring ourselves. We've just sung, haven't we? Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. We don't bring any gifts to him like these wise men did. Romans 12 says we should present ourselves as living sacrifices to God. The wise men brought gifts. Some say as a providence from God because um, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have had much money. Um, Mary and Joseph, they're... They, they, they were poor people. Gold for a king, frankincense which honoured God with the smoke of incense, and myrrh as a man who would die because they would use myrrh for embalming dead bodies. They didn't bring cheap stuff, they brought the most expensive things. Presents for a great person, presents from a king. Mary and Joseph uh, were no doubt, no doubt overwhelmed by the gifts because they were poor, like I've just said. Um, we, we learn a little bit about this uh, in Luke 22. It says, when they, when they offered Jesus before the Lord in the temple, it was customary to bring your firstborn to the temple. They sacrificed two doves. And according to Leviticus, uh, this was the requirement to, to bring two doves only if you were poor people. So that shows that Mary and Joseph and that Jesus was born into a poor family and they had a, he had a poor upbringing. 
And when we look at the star, uh, the star they saw must have disappeared. They went to Jerusalem, presuming that they would know where Jesus was. They continued to walk by faith, not fully knowing where they were going. They trusted that God would lead them to the right place. And then later on, the star appeared again. It says in verse 10, the star appeared and they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. By God's grace, they were first told by a sign of the star that the king was born. And then later on, they were told by the sign of a star where he actually was. By grace, they had gone so far, they kept on going, knowing that God would show them their way. They believed that God had brought them so far, and the Lord would not leave them there alone. If God has started something in your life, he will make it happen. If you go so far, he will not leave you in the dark. God will not leave us in the dark. He will enable us to do what we need to do, what he wants us to do. When we follow God's guidance, we can be sure he will not fail to bring us to our goal. I can talk about that personally in my life. When I went so far in my county's training, I wasn't sure where I was going, but I knew that God had a plan and he has brought it in, into, you know, he, he has made it happen. The star was a sign of God's presence with them on their journey. Jesus is the light of the world. Psalm 32 says, I will instruct you in the way you should go. God will lead and God will guide if we seek him. Verse 2 says, born king of the Jews. How do they know he was going to be born? That was another prophecy fulfilled. Verse 6 is a quote from Micah chapter 5. And here Jesus is fulfilling God's promises again. A ruler, it says he, is a, he will be a ruler who will shepherd my people. A shepherd, the wise men knew their need for a shepherd. A shepherd's job is guiding, guarding and folding. He counts the sheep in at night to make sure they are safe and secure. That's the job of a shepherd and that is what Jesus does. He makes sure we are safe and secure. A shepherd leads the way and goes before us. These all describe Jesus, the good shepherd, the light of the world. We are like sheep who have gone astray. No doubt the wise men recognised their need for a shepherd, so they went to find him. They pressed on. They kept on going. Even though they had eight or 900 miles to go, they pressed on. We need to press on to, to keep on going, to knowing Jesus, to commit our ways, to commit our lives to reading his word and to spending more time with him. It says, finally, in verse 12, it says that the wise men were warned of God. So people believe that they asked God what they should do next. Now they've seen Jesus, where should they go? This is the answer they got in a dream. God had led them so far so that they would ask where they should go next. And, God's, and God spoke to them and warned them to go a different way to their country. You apply yourself to God and ask for his direction and he will lead you the right way. So looking over what have we learnt, we we've learnt that the wise men brought gifts and we are to bring ourselves. We don't bring gifts, we bring ourselves. The wise men trusted God's word and we need to trust God's word also. And also they followed God no matter what the cost was. 
And we too are also to follow God, no matter what the cost is. We are to take up our cross and to follow him. But not only just, to, 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 just for ourselves, but we need to care about others as well. We need to tell others about him. Just like Daniel did in the Old Testament, Daniel told others about the coming of Jesus. And we are also to tell others about the coming of Jesus, his second coming. I'll leave, this, I'll leave you with this illustration. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion, or it will be killed. Every morning, a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle, or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you'd better be running. If you are not seeking the Lord, the devil is seeking you. If you are not seeking the Lord, judgment is at your heels. In the Christian life, it's not enough to simply wake up. We are called to run. We are called to be more like Christ. To press on, to be more like him, to be more like God, to tell others about him and to follow him, to trust in his word and to learn more about him. Thank you.